Almost Awakened podcast, a no-nonsense approach to spirituality. Here we dive deep into the wisdom traditions while acknowledging insightful breakthroughs in science, psychology, and human development. Our goal is to explore the good life and the very best of spirituality, no-nonsense required. Check us out at almostawaken.org where you can check out past episodes, make a donation, email us a question or comment, or find out more about the resources we shared. And now, today's podcast episode. And here we are. Hopefully you are seeing us on Facebook. We are going to try to hook up the comments here. And uh, if you guys make a comment, we'll try to answer and respond to your questions. Um, if you put comments on the Facebook feeds, we should see you there. And feel free to ask anything along the way. Mikkel, what is the what's what are we doing today? What's uh, what's the thing? Are we just gonna? I was thinking maybe we could just snort crack right here and just let people well, watch. I I don't do those kinds of things, Bill, <laughs> and I'm not judging you if you do them, but you might want to do that off camera. I've never done crack or cocaine. I've never done either one of those. Uh, I have t I have taken Advil. <laughs> In your nose? <laughs> no, no, I've never snorted Advil. I've not even snorted Smarties like some of the kids oh. used to do back in school, which was kind of weird. That is super weird. It is super weird. So today we're talking about body image, Bill. Body image. Oh, mm -hmm. man, this is the reason I don't even like seeing my face on camera. I hate my face on camera. Uh, body image is a big thing. Um, I don't like my face. So here's, I'll tell you a little story. I, I like to put hats on and try hats and I always want to find like a fedora or something really cool. And uh, I go to the store and whenever there's a, a nice hat selection at an upper end store, I'll try the hats on and go about it different ways. And it just doesn't fucking matter. Hats don't look good to me. <laughs> hats, it doesn't matter what hat I try on. Hats are no good. It's a no win unless I just put on an old ball cap and just kind of curve the front of it a little bit. I I think that you're being super mean to yourself. <laughs> some of us aren't made for hats. It's like some of us aren't That's made not for true. tube socks. It's you know what I mean? Like some of us aren't made for that. <laughs> no, Bill. That's also not true. Okay. So body image. Um, mm -hmm. uh, we've talked about my face. Where do you want to go from here? <laughs> so, uh, it's just, it's really, it's really interesting to me because I had an experience this week with a friend um, we had gone out shopping and I think she looks amazing. I think she's got a great body and just looks fit and healthy and, and we're at the store and she's trying on new pants and she, she had to go up a size. So the pants were sized small, medium, large, you know, et cetera. And she had to go up in a size and was crying in the dressing room and it just broke my heart. So why, like, why do we care about body image? Um, and does that affect men and women differently? So as a guy, um, I think, so first off, you know, here I am, I'm, I'm a little overweight. So as I see myself in the mirror every morning and everybody's looking at my face right now, I see my double chin. It, it bothers the you know hell out of me, but I'm not bothered so much that I'm going to start eating soy and exercising three times a day. Um, I don't like my nose. My nose is too big. So the way I feel about myself, like I'm, I like my personality, but man, I, there's a hundred things about my body that I wish were different. And I think, I think guys are always from the time that they're 12 years old and up, there's conversations about small penises or penis size in the locker room. So everybody who is, uh, you know, if you've got a, a giant dong or a small dong or a medium dong, or your dong looks uh, different than somebody else's dong, then then everybody's um, worried about that, I think, internally. I think everybody's wrestling with those kinds of things. And I think all of us make jokes in our society about male genitals, too big, too small, weird looking, uh, in various uh, stand-up acts or different types of commentary going on when we're just trying to be funny. Um, I think men get these giant kind of guts on them sometimes, and these beer guts, and I think any guy, including my small one that I've got, I think any guy that's got those is worried uh, and thinking about it and feeling shame about it. Um, I, I think women and men worry about different things, but I think the internal uh, ah, that I'm feeling, I think is the same across all genders. Yeah, I, I agree. I was reading some articles yesterday and it, it talked about those same things like men... Men struggle with feeling manly enough. Um, there's this perception that in order to be a man, you have to be big and strong and 
and like you said, have a big penis. And I think that there's a lot that plays a role in, um, how we feel about ourselves. Uh, and women, we, like you said, we struggle with different things. Um, it's interesting because I was reading an article yesterday that was talking about BMI body mass index. Do you know what that is, Bill? Yeah. The BM, yeah. BMI body mass index. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm very aware of what that is. <laughs> and um, I'll tell my experience. I, yeah. I went to the doctor last week just for my annual wellness checkup, you know, and, um, I'm, I weigh the most I've ever weighed in my entire life. And, um, the, the body mass index, it's the scale that tells you if you're underweight, if you're ideal weight, if you're overweight or, or obese. And I was right on the border of normal weight mm-hmm. and obese. Mm. And I'm not going to lie for like 10 minutes. You, wait, wait, it, you? Yes. Wow, that means I'm morbidly obese. It it bugged me for ah. a second. And then and then as I started just kind of sitting with things and thinking about things and then I read this article yesterday, the body mass index was not even invented by a physician. It was invented by a scientist close to 200 years ago and and it's not a really good accurate indicator of whether or not you are healthy. Yeah, to the six people watching right now, we are excited that you joined us. Uh, glad that you're on here and listening. Uh, if you've got questions, try to comment. I'd love if somebody just tried to put some kind of comment up, even if it was just to say hi, just so we could see that the comments are working. Um, so, yeah, the BMI thing, if you, are, if you are anything other than super thin, it seems like you're told you're overweight. And... And if we're honest, we as a society are certainly much heavier, much have much more fat to us than we would have had, say, you know, 500 years ago. Um, and I think all of us that it's deeming as obese, maybe we could be a little healthier and be in a little bit better shape. But yeah, I, I think you're right. It's inaccurate. I see people who are relatively thin and what I would consider good shape. Uh, and it tells them that they're overweight as well. And you're you're definitely not obese. So I don't, to, yeah, I don't feel uh, obese. You know, if, I, if it tells me I'm obese, I just have to deal with that. Right. Like, but, but you can, you get to, you know, I don't know. You can ignore it if you want to, I guess. Anybody can ignore it and you still get to do something about it. Like you said, yeah. you could, you could eat a few more carrots. Yeah. I, I could eat a few more carrots, but they taste like shit. <laughs> so, no, they don't. <laughs> like, well, are you talking about like dipping them in like ranch dressing or what are we talking? Of course. Okay. Then they're, then carrots are great. Carrots are one of my favorite foods. Then. It's the only way to eat carrots. <laughs> It is the only way to eat carrots. So um, what are some, maybe what are some situations you've seen where uh, people have felt shame about body image or you felt shame about body image? Can you think of any situations you've observed or been a part of where those kinds of things have happened? Yeah, for me, what comes up is, you know, one of the very first experiences I remember as a kid is being in... I, I can't remember if I was in fifth or sixth grade and we were at the, you know, maturation class that they do here, um, talking about puberty and all the changes. And, um, here I'm, I'm in class and, and all of the other girls in my class, at least as far as I can remember, were starting to develop breasts or had breasts and I had absolutely nothing. And so internally I started to, to shame and judge myself and then, the other experience that stands out is seventh grade, seventh, like middle school, junior high is just rough period. I don't, I don't care who you are, but it's, it was rougher for the kids that are considered outsiders. And, um, you know, my family didn't have a lot of money, so I was made fun of for clothes that I wore. And then my seventh grade reading class, we were reading the West side story and at the end of the book, we were watching the video, the movie in class. And so we moved the desks. Some people were laying under the desks. The lights were all off. And there was this group of boys making jokes about how flat chested I, I was saying, um, that I was so flat, the walls were jealous. So there, there's so much like, and I can think of experience after experience of, of that in school, but also, there was a lot of body shaming, um, in my family if you weighed too much. So 
There's a lot of layers. Yeah. So I'm not seeing the comments here, but I went over to Facebook really quick and I see that there's a few comments there. If you put comments on my Facebook page uh, on this this episode, uh, I will make sure to peek at those once in a while and uh, relay those to Mikkel and we can talk about what uh, you guys are putting there. So if you want, put your comments there uh, and we'll make sure that we see them here from time to time. Um, yeah, and it really is anything. Whatever your thing is, and every one of us have a thing, you could take the most beautiful person in the world and there are things about their body they don't like. Um, my teeth. I think for the most part, my teeth are relatively straight. They're relatively clean. But, oh, it's the other side. Yeah, it's just right here. So I've got, uh, I can't, it's like reversed in the camera. So I got to kind of turn around <laughs> a bunch of times. Uh, that's this one. So I got like a little gap right there from when I had braces and I got one tooth that just kind of stayed just a touch loose and it it didn't stay where it was supposed to stay. And so it kind of slid off to the side a little bit. And so I hate smiling on that side. So when I go to get a photograph taken, Mikkel, um, I'm posing with somebody, you know, somebody that listens to the podcast comes into the pawn shop and they want to talk to me. And so I'm posing with them. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. You're going to shoot it from that side. Let me grab. Let me hold on to your other shoulder. I've got a good side and a bad side. Like all of us, whether it's our nose, our ears, our lips, our teeth, our our receding hairline, our, our, our chest, our genitals, our ass, our feet, all of it, we are bothered by something about ourselves and maybe multiple things. And it happens to all of us. It does. It does. So what do we do about it? Um, man, so on this side, if you're going to say like, okay, if we're almost awakened... What should we do with body image? Um, what do you, th- all right, so I'm going to put it back on you. What do you think? And then I'll be happy to share my two cents. I think that it comes down to learning to love and, our, and accept ourselves. Yeah. Um, no matter what we look like. And, and the more we practice that kindness towards ourselves, the easier it is to accept those parts of ourselves that we don't necessarily love. But it, it, for me, it's been a little bit easier to, care less about them and um, yeah, not hate them so, so much, so intensely. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, uh, so, so the first step for me was to accept others. Cause I think all of us are judgmental sure. in our own minds, right? So as I judge other people around me, people who are too thin, too heavy, too tall, too short, um, whatever their thing is, and I get to, and you know, in my head, I'm picking out what my thing is I don't like about somebody. They've got their own things they don't like about them. And on this side, when you become almost awakened, you start to just like people and accept people and love people. And um, so the first step for me was just to love others and to accept the differences. Um, yeah, it's it's so fascinating to me that the differences are part of what I like about people, you know, like I don't want people that are exactly like me. And it's the, it's the differences that um, intrigue me and interest me and make me want to get to know people better. Yeah. So after I start loving others and I start saying like, I'm going to accept all of these people for who they are. And, and if I can be honest, because that's part of what we do here on Almost Awakened is just start to share some of our shit. Um, if I'm honest, there, there are things that even in my marriage, like with my wife, that I'm I'm an asshole about in earlier parts of our life together. And in the last few years, um, like just becoming more accepting of my wife, of my friends, of my children, not just body image, their, their idiosyncrasies, their personality mm-hmm. type, um, their the shadows, the, the, the things that interest them that are different than the things that interest me, their shadows, my exactly. And soon as I start to like other people, soon as I start to be more accepting of other people and I started hanging out with other people who were almost awakened, who, who accepted me for me. And I think it's a, I think it's a big one. When you start sitting in spaces with other people who accept others, we have good friends. Uh, I'll just name them. Cause I think we're going to say something really cool here. The Finnegan's we have a, we have friends, Chris and Jen Finnegan. I don't ever see them say anything mean about anybody. They're just always loving, kind, nice, accepting, welcoming, wanting everybody. And so when I'm hanging around those two, I go like, oh yeah, that's how a good human acts. So I'm going to start acting like that. And, uh, and it just becomes so much fun when you start to let people's differences be valuable and interesting, because I'll tell you something, 
in a, in an earlier life, I wanted everything to be the same and everybody to fit in a box. And now I want people to be different. I want tall people in my space. I want short people in my space. <laughs> I want people with uh, unibrows. I want people with, you know, it doesn't matter because I've got my own things I hate about me. So bring your things and let's just, let's just hold hands and talk about deep shit. I like it. I like it a lot. What do you think? What are, what are some of the other kinds of things that are kind of ruminating around in, uh, in McKelsey yeah, this morning? It, it's interesting because um, I didn't realize how much I wanted people to fit in, in the box that I had created until I moved outside of the box. And then I started to see like, oh my gosh, I, I secretly, and, and maybe on some level, consciously, was judging and shaming and, and keeping people outside of my box. Um, and so, like you said, on this side of things, it's, it's so much more fun to, um, get to know other people that are different and to confront the ways that we, we judge and shame each other and ourselves. Yeah. I, um, I, I just, I'm just in my head thinking about how much I've seen judgment take place. So I have seen people who are a little heavier Mm-hmm. Be told by a stranger, be be asked by a stranger if they're pregnant. Oh. Um, I have been in locker rooms where I've seen certain kids. You can just tell they don't want to change in front of everybody else. Um, in when I was in like middle school, uh, I'm not talking about me as a high schooler or a <laughs> or a, you know an adult in a locker room with kids, but talking about like a fourth grade class and you go to gym class and you come back to the locker room and there's that one kid who doesn't want to change in front of everybody. Um, I, I remember on the school bus, there was a kid who, and again, we're getting off body image a little bit to just some of the embarrassing things, but there was a kid who shit his pants in like kindergarten and it was like eighth grade and he was still getting made fun of. That was, that was the thing that made him, you know, everybody identified him as that kid. Um, I just, man, this world is, is brutal. It's rough. It is. It is. I was reading, um, there's a lady that I follow on Instagram cause I really like her hair. And so I was, um, reading a post that she did the other day. She's got a six year old and, um, she and her daughters were painting their nails and her six year old son came in and, um, she asked him if he wanted to paint his nails and he said, yes, picked out this really pl- pretty blue color. So she painted his nails and he went all day just happy as could be. And then the next morning he woke up and wanted her to take the nail polish off. And, and as she started talking to him, he was so worried about um, other kids making fun of him and calling him names because he had nail polish on. And, and I just, I think, I think we have to not only change how we do things, but we need to help our kids learn to be okay with who they are and accept their differences, but also accept other people's differences. Yeah. My son, Zach does this. My son, Zach does this really well where, uh, we go out, we went bowling a a few nights ago and it was me, uh, my wife, my youngest son, Zach, and my youngest daughter, Natalie. And we're out bowling and Zach has this way of just like, he's just going to be him. And so he is up bowling and he bowls funny. He like bowls like in his own style and then he'll dance and he does like these Fortnite dances and, and you can tell like there are certainly somebody else in the bowling alley looking at him going like that kid's being weird and he doesn't give two licks. He's just being himself and, and he's comfortable in his own skin doing that. And I look back at my time as a parent and the times I've tried to rein him in, I've tried to take him and just say, like, I want you to be this. I want you to stop doing that. And uh, in the last couple of years, I've just let go of that. Like, you be you, kid. You, you, if, you're, if you're happy and smiling and you're having fun, like, hit it out of the park. Um, I think we can be kinder to ourselves and kinder to others. Um, that, that feels like what we need to do. And yet, you know, you and I still do this. We still make jokes. We still, every joke on some level is a way to point out something that's funny and maybe bring shame to somebody, right? Like if you stand to a stand-up comedian, stand, or, sorry, if you go to a stand-up comedian act and you listen to the comedian give the show, there are a thousand jokes about a thousand things. You don't laugh at the joke that's about you and you laugh right. at all the jokes about everybody else in the room. 
Um, humor is a way to kind of make us all aware to not take ourselves so seriously and to take being kind seriously. The humor has a way of making us laugh at the things we shouldn't laugh at and then being aware that, oh my gosh, we probably shouldn't laugh at those. So there's a, there's a comment on Facebook asking how, what are some things that we've done to learn to love ourselves more um, and that they, they feel like their body image and how they're treating themselves is impacting their life. And so I just want to, I want to talk about that. Um, for me, it, it's so, you know, I, I had crooked teeth. My parents never put me in braces. Um, I had a lot of teeth as a kid. And so my, to fix the problem, my parents would take me to the dentist that was that like charity work free and they would pull teeth. And then as I got to be an adult, um, my two front teeth crossed, like they were on top of each other like this. And I hated it so much. Um, and so I, I, I went and had braces. I put braces on myself as an adult. And for me, that's what, what I needed to help me feel good about myself. And I'm not saying that you go fix everything, um, but if there's something that you can do that's simple and minor and you know it's going to impact your your um, self-confidence and your self-esteem, then I think it's okay to do that, whether that's fixing your hair a different way or maybe buying a different outfit. Um, but I also think that it's it's important that we learn to love and accept ourselves where we're at. And um, for me, it's it's been a process of... Again, it kind of goes back to what we talked about last week. I wouldn't talk to my kid. I wouldn't talk to my best friend. I wouldn't talk to a stranger the way that I talk to myself or treat myself. And so I have to practice being kind. And some of that is reminding myself, hey, be nice to my Mikkel. She's okay. Everybody's different. Um, and and some of that includes self-care. So... My self-care includes things like getting a massage. Um, I try to make sure I drink plenty of water um, and do good things for my body and for myself, my mental health. Um, What do you do, Bill? So I think you make a good point, which is first, if it's something minor that you could get done and it's, you know, it's something you want to fix, like go do it. If you want to go do it. I know of beautiful women in my life who have had their breasts augmented. Um, that if people want to get work done and they want to make themselves, if they, if it helps them to feel better about themselves and the way they want to present themselves to the world, like, amen, like we have to just stop judging everybody. And we judge people because of our own insecurity, usually about us, right? Like if I can, if I can bring others down, then I can bring myself up to their level. And that, it really doesn't work that way. Um, so I agree with you. Like, go if you want to go get something minor done or something major done, go get it done. It's like you do you. The right. the other thing I think too is to get like, how do I get comfortable with myself? Um, I just learned to love myself as a human being. Um, I do worry about myself in terms of. Um, let me let me see how I want to word this. I worry about the longevity of my life. So I know me that too, my Bill. health, the way I look, my weight, the amount of exercise I get impacts how long I will live on this earth. I think, I try to think now about my body image in terms of what can I do to be the healthiest version of myself so that I'm on this planet in a happy, healthy way for as long as possible. I try to let go, and I'm not perfect at it, but for the most part, most days, I kind of just ignore the things I don't like about myself because there are lots of things I do like about myself, and I focus on those. And so I think if people can find the thing they're good at, everybody's good at something. Everybody has something to offer. Um, Everybody has a gift or a skill. Everybody does something well. Um, if you focus on the thing you do well, the gift you have. So for instance, I get a lot of self esteem out of public speaking. I get a lot of, uh, my ego fed from, and again, ego's good and bad. Um, I get parts of my ego fed by, by doing podcast or by doing a presentation or standing in front of a crowd. Um, those things feed me. Those things are exciting for me. They're things I feel like I'm good at and competent at. 
I think people should find the things they're good at and focus on that and only use your body as a way to gauge your healthiness and how long you want to be on this planet. I think that's a really good point. Um, I was thinking as you were talking, Kelsey took a human sexuality class um, last semester or a couple semesters ago. And um, one of the things that they had to do for part of that class was stand in front of a mirror naked because how many of us really are comfortable with looking at our bodies and appreciating the differences and, and the beauty and, and really absorbing all of the good and accepting all of the flaws. And she, she had the hardest time with that. She cried and they had to write a paper about it. It was really interesting. Um, but I think there's a lot of us that don't even stop to look at ourselves in the mirror and if we do, we're pointing out the flaws and we're pointing out the things that we don't like about ourselves. Man, so standing in I, front of a mirror. Uh, I, and I, I will say this, as a man, I feel, I sense, I sense that in our culture, we've made a lot more to do about how a woman looks than how a man looks. And that's because men have controlled the narrative and men have controlled the story. Men have controlled the boundaries and the rules and that's just on the front end of beginning to change. So I want to honor that women deal with this issue, I think, more prevalently. I think every man feels it too. I don't think it's women and not men. I think all people feel it, but I think it's much more prevalent, much more of a daily thing, even maybe a moment-to-moment -moment thing for women. I, I know too, like, um, I, so I'll just be blunt again. I went to a strip club uh, last week and it was my third time. I've gone three times in the last year to a strip club and, uh, went to one in Vegas and it was a lot of fun. And what I know about my wife and I know about my friends and I look at these, these women who are hired because they're seen by the world as being gorgeous. And they were that the, that women's breasts aren't always even right. Like one is a little bigger or a little smaller than the other, for instance, and these strippers had had the same issue. And I, I just imagine as a woman is looking at her body in the mirror, as I sit and look at my body in the mirror, I'm drawn right away to my overweightness. I'm drawn drawn right away. Every time I smile, I'm drawn right away to my, my smile's crooked. You know, if I smile, I just it just goes off to one side a little more. Um, I think all of us are looking at everything, even when it's normal. Because to have one breast be a little bigger than the other, for instance, is human. It it's is, normal. It's what almost every single woman, if even if it per, you think they're equal, they're not like it's it's normal. And so you yeah. guys are beating yourselves up looking in the mirror every day. And it actually makes me a little emotional. It's bullshit. It, we have to just start loving ourselves and we gotta stop making fun of people. We gotta stop being hard on people. We gotta start finding ways to go like, you know, uh Tim there is uh Six foot seven, Jenny is 300 pounds. I've got a crooked smile and I've got, you know, this going on. I wear a size 12 shoe. When I was in the fourth grade, I hated my feet. They were so freaking big. And now I'm an adult and lots of people wear 10s, 11, 12, no big deal. But when you're in like the fourth grade, fifth grade, my feet grew early. I, we just got to start being gentle and being kind and being soft and start accepting it's the diversity as normal. It's true. It's true. And you know, it, it's, it's interesting to see how things have shifted for me, Bill. Um, like five years ago, I, those people at Walmart pictures that people post, I would sit and look through those and laugh hysterically and, and, and just make fun of people. And I find myself, um, I, I, I can't do it anymore. I don't want to look at them and make fun of them. I want to look at people and value their differences and try to appreciate maybe where they're coming from and honor their circumstances. Um, even the videos of people like tripping and falling and hurting themselves. I don't want to watch those anymore either because I, I, I just don't want to make fun of people. I just don't want to hurt people. Um, you talked about, um, standing in front of the mirror. And it's interesting because I read a study a couple of years ago um, that, that said that men who stand in front of the mirror for two minutes a day naked in the Superman pose, you know, like hands on your hips and chest out, it can raise your testosterone. So it plays, it, it, it impacts 
the hormones that your body is producing. Yeah, so there's real science going on when it comes to um, how our health is affected by how we perceive ourselves. Yeah, and that, that and I've heard that study before. That, um, I, I'm a little nervous. Again, this is me being vulnerable. Like I, in my head, I tell myself if I do that, if I pose like Superman naked in front of my mirror, <laughs> my self-esteem and testosterone will go down. Um, yeah, I think it might initially until. I, I think, yeah, I think that that's normal human nature to start anything new and judge ourselves in it. But the more we do it and the more consistently we do it, I think the easier it becomes. And I think that you at some point will just be okay with it. Part of why I love you is your quirky smile. <laughs> okay. See, look at that. It See, is. Look at, oh, it's on this side. It's a freaking, the freaking reverse there on the, on the it's, video. It's the differences that, that, are interesting to me and that draw me to people because they're not like me. It's like that Netflix show, Living With Yourself. I would kill myself. I get up every day. The first thing I do when I look in the mirror is I gauge whether I put a pound on or took a pound off in the last day. What if you just gauged, hey, I'm alive today? Yeah. That's fucking awesome. It, it, it really is, I right? made it through another night. And, and the other thing that goes into this, so you just said, you know, that I'm alive. And if we if we look at this on a, on a time spectrum of, uh, of like, from the beginning of time till now, we as a species, whatever we were all along the way for millions of years, we've been constantly changing and shifting about what we thought was beautiful and attractive and what we wanted, right? There have been times where super thin is the in right. thing. There have been times where overweight has been the in thing. It was a sign See, I, of vitality I, and and uh, healthiness in terms of carrying a baby. Um, I think we have to get rid of terms like overweight. Okay. What what would so uh, larger, smaller, uh, heavier, lighter? I don't know. That, I don't know that I. Yeah, I don't know that I have a good term to replace it because even even someone can weigh more. And be healthier than someone who is thin. So I, it, we've got to get away from. But I don't have a good solution. Yeah, we got to just throw the word obese out. It is just an offensive word. It, it starts is. off as a word to talk about in, inside the medical profession, and it just becomes a nasty mean. It's a word. label. Yeah. Yeah. But but is from beginning of time we've been judging what's attractive. We've been judging what is the thing I think I want to be. Uh, um, attracted to it. And sometimes we can't choose that. And sometimes we do inside our heads, but sometimes, uh, whether it's be shorter, taller, hairier, less hair. Like I know my mom loved the hairiness of Robin Williams. She loved the hairy knuckles. She wanted to like run her fingers. She wanted to like run her fingers up his back, you know? And, uh, and that was her thing. Um, my wife hates body hair. Thank God. I've got like very little chest hair. I'm just, uh, very little of that. <laughs> And my wife's like, you know, every day, like I should say every day, but once a month, she'll be rubbing on my chest and she'll be like, let me look at your chest and see how much chest hair you've grown in the last <laughs> month. Cause I don't like chest hair. And you know, it's, we all get to pick what we're attracted to. Some of it we control, some we don't, but that's always shifting. And so we need to start thinking to ourselves, like in this moment in time, maybe the world sees it a certain way, but that's not the way it's always been. And maybe that gives and us some space to be more accepting. Sure. And, and that's not the way it needs to be. And even if that's the perception, we can have healthier ideas around what society considers normal. Yeah. Yeah. Society. Yeah. And society will change as more of us become almost awakened and certain kinds of humor and jokes stop and certain kinds of affirmation and validation start. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so it starts here. It starts with you and me, and it starts with the 10 people that are watching right now. Yep. And so it's another thing that kind of came up this week, Bill, is how much of the the body shaming and the judgment we pass down to our kids. And sometimes I don't think we even realize that we're doing it until they start having some of the same issues that we have. Um, For example, I um, was talking to a friend, and she made a comment about how overweight she feels and she said it in front of her daughter. And I immediately saw her daughter like shrink down and, you know, I don't know what was going on inside her head, but to me, it seems like she was starting to judge herself for how she looked and feeling sad that here's my mom. I think she's beautiful. 
And if she thinks she's ugly, I must be ugly. Yeah. So even referring to ourself in judgment will cause others to then become more judgmental of themselves. Especially yeah. kids. Yeah, especially kids. And I think I think we all notice that. We, none of us want to perpetuate those things. And, right. we, and we all see us having that influence when we judge ourselves in front of others. We just have to do something different about it. Yeah, yeah. So let's jump to hair really quick, Bill. Okay, which I'm which I have less of today than I had five years ago. Um, and again, Me too. I, yeah, my, I've got a receipt. I've always had a high hairline, thinner hair. I used to have real thick hair, and it gets thinner. So again, I'm looking at myself right here and going like, oh man, maybe I needed to start using some kind of hair treatment thing. Like I'm judging myself right now. Stop it, Bill. We all do it. Yeah. So what's we your thing with hair? Um, I, I think it's interesting that um, it plays a role in how we feel about ourselves and societal perceptions as well. Ooh, you're about to throw me under the bus. I'm not going to throw you under the bus. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> but now maybe I will. Okay. It wasn't at the front of my attention, and now you brought it to my attention. <laughs> um, you got a haircut recently. I did get a haircut. Yeah, and and I... Okay, so so the other day... So you've, you've worn it different ways in the last couple of weeks. And the one day I saw you and I was like, I love that. And I should have told you and I thought about it, but then something got happening and I didn't get a chance to tell you, but I loved it. And then there was another time where I saw you and I'm like, mm, you're like, what do you want? You know, I'm like, I don't really like it. And I, I don't, so let's talk about this for a moment. Do you want my honesty in those situations or you do you not want my honesty? I do want your honesty because there's a part of me that's like, fuck you, Bill. I don't care. And then also it's like a knife to my heart that bleeds slowly. <laughs> So, yeah, um, hair is hair. Like, okay, so hair is not how you cut your hair. I don't know. It's like not a permanent thing. So it, it, it becomes something that people can always. Uh, so, all right. So I went to Ohio for my mom when she was sick. <laughs> okay. And now you're going to throw me under the bus. No. So, no, no, no. Okay. <laughs> um, so I'm in Ohio and I'm there because my mom has got cancer and she's in the final stages. And I, I want to go get a haircut. So I go to get a haircut. And in here in Southern Utah, when I go to the haircut place, they call my haircut a 3-2-1 fade. And <clears throat> what I assumed that was, was a certain level of hair at the top and then shorter all the way down, 2-1 until it's the shortest. And I just go in and they go, do you want the 3-2-1 again? And I go, yep. And so I tell the lady, I go into the get a haircut for, uh, to get cleaned up while I'm in Ohio. And I tell the lady there, I say, I want the three, two, one haircut. And and I say, they start off with a three up here, and then it goes to a two, and then a one. I'm not thinking. And she hooks the number three attachment onto the the, the buzzer, the, the the hair shaver. And I'm just in my own little world. And she goes, Neh. and next thing you know, I am missing. <laughs> like, I'm down You're to like. You're nearly bald. I'm nearly bald. And, and, I, and it crosses my mind. Like, first off, my first thought is, you can't fix this. <laughs> You can't, you can't go like, hey, can we rewind that and let's start over? That's not what I want. So she buzzes about an inch of my scalp. I said, whoa, 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 hold on. That's not what I want. But it's already too late. It's already done. And now I realize I don't like how short it is on top. And she, I just told her to go even shorter all the way down. On the bottom. So I said, lady, lady, this, this went south really fast. This, uh, this isn't going to go well no matter what happens from here. But let's make it go the best as possible. I do not want you to go any shorter going all the way down. <laughs> let's keep it what you have and let's just do a buzz haircut. And I'll just laugh at myself and let my friends and my family laugh at me for a while. And they did. And I, I, <laughs> I did. I wasn't very nice. No, no, sorry, it, but that's okay. no, no, it's okay. I, I, I already laughed. Already, I went for the first 10 seconds. I sat there with lots of shame. And, and in that shame, I thought I can either feel shame for weeks on end or I can laugh at myself. And so I started chuckling in the in the barber seat, in the hair salon seat. And uh, I start laughing at myself and I go, F it, you know, just F it. The hell with it. Let's just, uh, let's just laugh at ourselves. Let's just not take ourselves so seriously. Um, and, and, you know, here we are back to almost back to where it should be. So we're good. Yeah. Um, yeah. You were talking about hair. We talked about your little story. Talk about mine. I, um, I gave you a hard time about your hair and it hurt you. It poked you. And I, and I don't ever want to poke you, but I also want you to trust me that if you come to me and you want an opinion on something, you can always know that I'm going to be honest with you. So I telling know. you sometimes 
something I f- don't like that pokes you allows me to prove to you that I'm always going to be honest to you. Right? And that you're still going to, that you still love yeah. me yeah. no matter what. Absolutely. Even if you don't like how I look, there's more to our friendship than just that surface yeah. level, which I appreciate. Yeah. What other things in hair were you thinking about before I derailed us? <laughs> I just, it's interesting that, you know, I grew up in a, in a household where, um, I was always told that women had to have short hair and that short, I mean, long hair and that long hair equated with beauty. And if you didn't have long hair that you weren't beautiful. And so that's part of, part of why I cut my hair occasionally is because, um, I can, and I'm trying to prove to myself that short hair doesn't mean that I'm not beautiful. And, um, so it's, it's just interesting. I think that, um, that why do we do that to women that there's, like you said, so many things that, that we, sh- we judge and shame each other for, but not, d- not just women, men too. Cause I know that men with receding hairlines or who were going bald have a harder time. Um, but I think, I think bald men can be sexy. Yeah. And I think you added another dynamic here. When you talk about long hair and short hair, um, early in my marriage with my wife, I used to always ask her to keep her hair long as if I have any effing right to determine how she lives her life. Right. Um, but I always wanted her to have her hair long because it was a status symbol of something. I don't, I didn't even know exactly what it was like, but it was, it was a status symbol of something, whether it's beauty, whether it's fitting a role within Mormonism or our religion that we belong to. Um, and as I got to this side of life and it really is the last probably 10, 15 years, I just let my wife do her hair how she wants. And what I've come to realize is I actually like her with short hair Better than I did with long hair. Yes. I like her short hair better. But I was an effing asshole in the first half of life. And I tried to control that piece. And and I was screwing it up. And I caused her lots of insecurity around her hair. Um, And it was unnecessary because she, she liked her hair short. And I like her hair short. And here I was causing drama that was just unneeded. I think we got to learn to just back out of... When we're in a marriage, for instance, and that's the strongest relationship to point to, when we're in a marriage, we like to think like, look, we got to, we got to, I get to kind of control you and you get to kind of control me. And no, we are two human beings who decided to travel life together and we both get to be our own person. um, And we give that other person space to be them. And if they want their hair short or long, if they want to wear certain kinds of shoes, if they want to go out with a certain style of clothes, our responsibility is to, if we, if we love them, to love them and not to try and control them. And if we try to continue to control them, we might have to look at our love and say, maybe our love isn't the healthiest, realest form of love. Yeah, that's a good point. Super good. I'm going to check here over at Facebook. Uh, a good friend of ours, Mary Ann Erdley, she said, uh, nice haircut, Mikkel. So yeah, she and is, this is... She's praising Second her. day hair. I just rolled out of bed this morning. Yeah, me too. I looked in the mirror. I'm part still of it was in my bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> um, anything else on, uh, on hair or anything else on body image that you've been kind of thinking about? No, I just think I, I just think that we need to be kinder to ourselves and kinder to others and care less about what society thinks we should look like. Yeah, and and again, always try to maybe look at yourself from a standpoint of what's healthy and what isn't, what's responsible and what isn't, and be your best self that you can be. And whatever you can't be, don't worry about it. Don't stress it. Yeah. Love yourself. Um, what else is going on in life? If we step away from body image for a moment, what else is, what are the challenges uh, in your world? Um, life is really good right now. Um, Kelty and I had a little um, argument, but we solved it really quickly, which is really awesome because normally it takes me longer to get over things. But um it was kind of a big deal, but we, we talked through it. It only lasted a couple of hours. So I think we're getting healthier in our relationship and that's awesome. Um, I'm reading, um, 
Malcolm Gladwell's book, Outliers. It's really interesting. Yeah. Um, What's the other book? You recommended it to me. Something about certainty. Talking to Strangers. Talking to Strangers is Malcolm Gladwell's other book, but I'm talking about the certainty book that I'm reading right now. Uh, the reality mm. book. Oh, um, I sent you the name. I can't remember it. Not certainty, but Something reality. Something about how reality really isn't real. The Case Against Reality. Yeah, The Case Against Reality. By Donald Hoffman. Um, that's one that I'm looking at right now. I'll tell you, too, maybe just back to Body Image for just a second. I was listening to a song yesterday. Uh, I love reggae. You fall in love with reggae, too. You and I, I, I we never listened to reggae until our good Mm-mm. friend Chris Finnegan turned us on to reggae. And I got to say thank you. It's been like life-changing to some nights come home when you just want to get into this almost awakened space and uh, and play reggae music. And the song I listened to yesterday while I was driving home, uh, Nako, a great artist, oh, by the way. He's got some new stuff. Love Letters to God. Have you heard this song? Um, I don't know. Chris, Chris was playing some new... Nako stuff the other night when we were trying to get together to plan for a trip um, and I can't remember the name of the song but it was it was amazing I'll have to listen to Love Letters to God Love Letters to God it really speaks to this whole thing of just like whatever whatever God is and you know just the universe like we're loved um, and and this idea that in the song it talks about some of these things we judge ourselves over and just to just to just to love each other more and to love ourselves more. So which what what you were pointing at, um, shadow work. Like I feel like I'm in a really good groove right now, where my wife and I are treating each other really healthy. We're having good conversations. We're not adding shame to each other. The moment a conversation starts to go south, we're both noticing it right away, and we put it right back on track really quickly. Uh, I'm sure everything. You know, I'm sure shit will hit the fan soon. But at some point, it always does. It always does. But for right now, it just feels like um, thinking about awakeness, thinking about being a better human being has me in a really good groove being a better human being at the moment. Uh, So I'm loving it. Me too. Life is good. Yeah. Listeners, I I hope that you've enjoyed kind of today's episode as we've been talking. Um, I don't really have anything else. Mikkel, anything else on your mind? Mm-mm. It's fun to do it live. Yeah, I like seeing cool. your face. Yeah, yours too. Same, 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 same. Um, tell tell Kelsey I said hi. Tell her I love her. Uh, I'll, I'll I know you feel the same way about Amanda. I'll make sure I tell her. And uh, just life is good. I hope all of you out there are enjoying life. Um, that you're learning new things. That you're reading new books. That you're listening to podcasts. That you're thinking about what it means to be a better human being in 2020. So yeah, what's our closing song today, Mikkel? Why don't you play Nako? Love letters to God. All right, so I'll close off the live broadcast here. The episode will come out. Um, I don't know if I have a way. Let's just try this for a second. Nako. Yeah, this love is this is all new to us. First to time. Yeah, this is our first time streaming. We practiced it right here, right now. This is our practice. You are listening to it. Um, I'm gonna try this, Nako. Love letters to God. Let's see what happens here. I'm going to try to share my screen and see what. Let's yeah, see. I had another thought, Bill, really quick. Oh, did yeah, you please. watch the. Uh, did you watch the video I sent you about women through history, like the, the body shape of women through history? Uh, I have not. Um, I oh, feel bad. You should I'm sorry. I will. I'll take no, a listen. No, that's okay. What, what happens in it? I know, you've had a busy, I know you've had a busy week. And then I watched a TED Talk um, about body image, and the woman was talking about, um, this was from 2014, um, the woman, the speaker was talking about how a... 13-year-old girl was being told at home that she was beautiful and that she was smart enough and all the good things, and then she would go to school and kids would make fun of her and call her ugly. So she posted a video on YouTube at 13 asking for um, people's opinions, what they thought of her. And I I could not believe some of the hateful comments that people were saying to a 13-year-old girl. Um 
things like you're the ugliest thing I've ever seen and you should go kill yourself. Like it's horrible. We have, we, we, we have to be kind to ourselves and we have to teach our kids to be kind to others and, um, honor their differences and accept themselves. And it starts with us, I think. Yeah. So I just yeah. watch the video. It's I'll include that in the uh, resources for the episode. Um, too many humans when given the chance to be mean, choose to be mean. Especially online. Yeah, insulting. And to diminish and demean, especially very fragile people. Mm-hmm. And there's no way to stop those humans from doing that. But you can be a voice for something else. And so when we see shitty humans picking on others in our society, any one of us can then speak up and and not necessarily be able to stop it because sometimes we can't, especially when you're on a social media feed and people can make whatever comments they want. But you can at least be an alternative voice for something else. You could private message the person and say, look, you're, sure. you're beautiful. You're gorgeous. People are shitty all over the planet. If I put the same post up you did, people would just tear me down. Those same people are insecure about themselves. There's something about their life that they're not okay and they're not healthy. They're not mature and they're not awakened and they're missing the boat. And uh, we can reach out to people and lift people up in the middle of them getting picked on by somebody else. Absolutely. This has been another Almost Awakened episode. Check us out at almostawakened.org where you can check out past episodes, make a donation to keep this podcast running, email us a question or comment, or find out more about the resources shared in today's episode. For coaching opportunities or extra support, visit nonsensespirituality.com to meet with certified spiritual director Brittany Hartman.